inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sikama here with the birthday boy, Benjamin Solak, on a Wednesday Hello. edition of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Ben, my boy, happy birthday. How old are you, man? 23, like all the cool young married professionals are. I'm trying to think of, of, of cool things that happen when you're 23 in the That's only, my Jordan year. The only thing that I can think of, well, I guess, yeah, it is the Jordan year or the LeBron year because LeBron's better. Wow. <laughs> Starting off spicy. All right. I'm excited for Paige to fire you and she listens to the podcast. But also, you get the Blink-182 song. Nobody likes you when you're 23. So now you get a whole year saying that. But hopefully it's untrue. Well, hopefully it was a great day for you. I'm surprised that you decided to devote your time to us here on your birthday. Dude, the main thing was like everybody texted me and was like, yo, I'm so sorry. How sad that your birthday came during Corona. You can't do anything. During coronavirus? Yeah. Yeah, Well, I just just wanted to be like, do you guys have none of you met me? (laughs) Dude, this is probably probably ideal for you. Exactly what I wanted to do on my birthday, which was sit in my pajamas snuggle my dog, write about football players, and watch football players alternatively with Inception on in the background. So speaking of the football part of this podcast, your birthday happened to fall on the beginning of the NFL's new season. Happy New New Year! Year. Happening in 2020. And, you know, normally, Ben, when this is the case, that 4 p.m. Eastern time, when it drops like that, the news just floods in. We get the two tampering days, the Monday and the Tuesday, so we see a lot of the big dominoes fall. We hear about where guys are going. They're agreed to contracts. But then that 4 o'clock time is like, boom, boom, things become official. All these teams are signing people. But to what you were saying there about the coronavirus, what makes this time of year so different than it normally is, these guys can't go get their physicals done. So they can't actually agree to some of these contracts. So it was like a day where... We highly anticipated 4 p.m. And then 4 p.m. came and like nothing happened. What was the big thing that happened right at 4 p.m.? I can't. Uh, Josina Anderson reported Nick, it. What was it? Nick Foles trade? No, but we're definitely going to get into that. I can't remember what it Andrew was. Andrew Whitworth? No, that was right after. But these are all your name and your name and good example. So you want. All right. Let's start with the Nick Foles trade. A player who okay. is very near and dear to your heart yes who i love and do not hate no you do you do hate him you've hated him and slandered him for years on this podcast no no no. we're not at malcolm jacobs yeah focus birthday boy we're on one thing the jacksonville jaguars if we can take you guys back a little bit tell you a little bit of a story they signed nick Foles to a deal that was what many would call absolutely ludicrous <laughs> last season to a number that we all went, whoa, 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 whoa. How does Nick Foles get this kind of money from the Jacksonville Jaguars? Knowing that, okay, it's not really that long of a deal. He's probably not a franchise quarterback. He was almost on the edge of retirement, but he still wanted to play a little bit. So all of that mixed in, it was like, I can't remember what the final number for, for Nick Foles was in his contract, but it was an absurd amount of guaranteed money. And we looked at this contract and we went, why did they sign him to this? And then we later found out that they're paying the man so the locker room doesn't question whether or not he's good. Which is probably, if I'm thinking about it here, on the lower (laughs) tier of most stupid reasons to sign a quarterback for a lot of money. 
now and obviously like that gets blown out of proportion a little bit i wouldn't say because well no in the sense of like that was like you know like one talking head thing on nfl.com you know what i mean like i don't think it was like entirely a whole thing you know what i mean um like, I don't think that was like, all right, we were going to pay him 60, but now to convince everybody he's good, we're going to pay him 80. Right? Yeah, like, they, they paid him that. four years, 88 was the number that it was. And I think 50 yes. million was guaranteed, right? Uh, yes, initially about 50 of it was guaranteed. Now, the structure of this deal is what's really important. And it's really important because, and I brought this up with the Ryan Tannehill signing from the Tennessee Titans, and I believe it still holds true to this this day. The Foles contract structure was critical. They, he had a $12 million cap hit in 2019, Trevor. That's first year of the deal. $12 million. Right, right. Redonculate. Super low. For any quarterback yes. ever. $12 yeah. million. Yeah. Super low cap hit for a guy who's taking starts for you. But with all the guaranteed money that they had put on this deal, there was subsequently $15 million in base salary alone that was guaranteed for 2020 and given the fact that he had i think a 24 million dollar signing bonus his 2020 cap hit was 21 million dollars for the jacksonville jaguars if they had cut him 21 million Mm -hmm. if they kept him in play 21 million there's absolutely no way you can cut and and bleed 21 million dollars out of 2020 furthermore the jaguars had money in his 2021 year that was going to be guaranteed if he was on the roster, like five days into 2020, you know, it's like, oh, like this money will be guaranteed for roster bonus five days into the new league year. So they had not only structured a deal that meant there was no way they were getting rid of him before 2020, but also they were burying money into 2021. So their only recourse was to be able to trade this guy if they no longer wanted him. Which, which, which brings us, which brings us to how in the name of God, did they get a fourth round pick out of the bat? I don't understand, man. I don't understand how NFL GMs and head coaches value draft picks. These Every Jaguars single year. had no leverage. None. 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 The, the, the Bears just gave the Jaguars a fourth round pick to give the Jaguars a X number of cap space. I know the Jaguars is, are, are, playing, are paying some of the 2020 guarantee, but still... You want to Nick Foles that badly? So it's weird because like, let's let's look at this trade. So the Bears now have Nick Foles, and he's going to go in and compete with Mitchell Trubisky. But let's think about it from a different angle. Cam Newton is still out there and available. I mean, you'd have to trade for him, but he's still available. Jameis Winston's potentially available. And at this point, you're, you're looking at Jameis thinking he's only going to sign a one-year deal for you, and it's probably going to be a pretty team-friendly deal because it's going to be a backup thing. So it's not really going to break the bank for you, and if Jameis ends up playing well for you and he's your guy, then you just sign into a contract that you're more comfortable with the next year. They have these two options like fully available to them, and they instead decided to trade a mid-round pick for Nick Foles. In a I understand they don't have a two, and they don't, have, or they don't have a one, or they don't have a three. They're trading a four. I understand that there's familiarity with Nagy and Foles. I get it. But how did how did you land on this? How was this your course of action? We talked on yesterday's podcast that it's weird when, you know, teams are kind of sniffing around and whispering and saying, "Oh, you know, we might be in the we might be in the market for a quarterback, but we're going to come out and say that obviously this guy's our guy when we're saying it publicly." We knew that Mitchell Trubisky didn't have a lot of confidence within the building. So we knew that he was going to be on thin ice, but Nick Foles 
I didn't think Foles was going to be it. Heck, heck trade for I, heck, trade reading. for Jacoby Brissett, right? I mean, like, what, what, what was what's he going to get? I just I. I don't understand really what the Bears are doing here. Because if you wanted somebody who was more high-end than Mitchell Trubisky was, why wouldn't you have taken a swing at a couple of the other quarterbacks that might have been better there for you? And if not, you move on next year and you clean break. Instead, they've got Foles, and now they've got Trubisky. And like, even if both of them are healthy and competing the way that we think they're going to, how is this better for the Bears? How? Right. Okay. So two things. One, I'm looking through some of the information and some of the, 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 the tweets on how it was restructured. So a restructure occurred. The Bears will inherit the final three years of Nick Foles' deal, which include a base value of a 50, 50 million. Right. Now. And the Jags are right. taking 18 on 2020. Yeah. Okay. So the Jags are taking 18.75 uh, million on a 2020, which clears up $3.375 million in space. Uh, that's 2020 cap room, and then also the 21 million in guaranteed cash that they're clearing up as well. <sighs> I just can't believe it's they amazing. got a It's legitimately amazing to me that the Bears sent a pick to make this happen. Yeah, so, man. Why not just sign Nick Foles last freaking year when he was on the market? Well, I guess maybe because the Jaguars outpriced him, but still, okay. So that's point one, <laughs> which is that. <laughs> but they outpriced him. The- but they outpriced him for a reason because he shouldn't yeah. be on this deal. Yeah. Okay. So number one. Nick Foles quickly approaching Kirk Cousins' Case Keenum territory, and how did you actually get paid this much money? And Nick Foles at least has, like, you know, won a playoff game in that period of time. But anyway, that's number one. Number two, if you're the Bears. You have Mitchell Trubisky, right? Mm-hmm. You want to have a better starting option than Mitchell Trubisky. You want a better quarterback, a guy who's going to be m- more consistent, reliable, and is going to give you an offense that you can trust. And Cam Newton is on the trade market. Like, screw Jameis, right? I think you and I can both agree Jameis is a delight. Whoa, whoa, he's a talent. Whoa, whoa, he's a joy. Whoa. But he's not consistent. All right, you're right. He's consistently ridiculous. He's, yeah, he's consistently <laughs> inconsistent. Yeah, You can bet on him surprising you. I, I, but yeah. he, he's not consistent. And that's the, the, thing, the thing with Trubisky. It's there in flashes, but it's not there consistently. Now... With Cam Newton on the market, you go and bring in Nick Foles, a player who will only be good, history has proven, if you let Trubisky start the first, like, 10, 11 games of the season and then throw Foles in at the end of the year. That's literally the only way this works. Trust me, I know. I've seen it twice. I just don't so really understand to... how this how this, how this wasn't Wait, Cam Newton. It, like, this is, this is, this a little bit circles me to my point that i made with uh the tyrod taylor mm-hmm. the, the the news that the chargers are going to be locked in with tyrod taylor uh and they're going to have him be their starting quarterback in 2020 which again is another team passing on cam newton with tyrod tyrod is the the ideal bridge quarterback but the nightmare starting quarterback because he's too good i feel like bridgewater is the ideal bridge quarterback okay and you know congratulations that was fun he's too good to make you bad enough to be in a spot where you can pick a quarterback. Tyrod Taylor is too good for you to be a guaranteed a top six, top seven draft pick. Because now you've got to trade up to go get the quarterback that you want. Right. Whereas if you draft that quarterback now when you're the Chargers at six, then you have him and you have Tyrod and Tyrod's your bridge. You don't have to start Jordan Love. You don't have to start Justin Herbert. You can figure it out as you go and do whatever's best for their development because you have an option that'll keep you competitive uh, besides your rookie, right? Nick Foles is a nightmare 
quarterback to put next to Trubisky because he's not always going to be better than Trubisky. Right. You're not, you're not the, okay. Now you have a camp battle between two guys who probably aren't really going to develop that much more. So it's not even like there's value in either one of them sitting. You just have two mediocre to decent to poor quarterbacking options instead of one. You just compounded your problem. You just guaranteed. Like last year, you had Case Keenum on the bench. People wanted Keenum to play over Trubisky because Keenum was pretty good when Trubisky was injured. Well, now you've just guaranteed that no matter which quarterback you're starting, there will be people in your building, there will be ownership, and there will be fans who wish the other dude was. Yeah. How does this solve your problem? No, I don't think it does. It it it, it gives them, it gives the Bears options, but it, sometimes options is not the best course of action. And I think in here, it's just a very, it's a very confusing. I, I I don't really know if they were willing to give up a pick for Foles, how they weren't willing to give up what was probably a lower pick for Cam Newton. Carolina, what we talked about this yesterday, the silliness of it, Carolina already posted the goodbye Cam graphic image on their Twitter account. Like, you could get Cam for a seventh-round pick. They have to get rid of him. They're cutting him if not. So you as a team go, look, do you want to cut him or do you want a seventh-round pick for him? We'll at least just give you a seventh. How did the Bears not do that? The Bears don't have any picks. They they don't have a pick in the first round. They don't have a pick in the third round. Like you said earlier, they have a second-round pick. Now they don't have a fourth-round pick. The Bears do not draft at all in this draft. And now they have Nick Foles to show for it. They could have had they, they could have kept their fourth, lost a later day three pick, and had Cam Newton, which helps their quarterback situation because at least you are playing Cam Newton no matter what until Cam proves he's not the guy. Then you can put in Mitchell Trubisky, and he can be bad for you until you get a, a, a worse draft pick. That's a better plan than I think what they have right now. It just It was very, very confusing to me, but... I don't want to spend all the time in Chicago because there were a couple of other moves I wanted to talk about. Plus, I already said the thing about Michael Jordan at the beginning, so Chicago fans are already super pissed off at me. Jarrell Casey. True. Jarrell Casey gets dealt for, speaking of guys that get dealt for a seventh-round pick, this is a current five-time Pro Bowler on the interior. He's a versatile guy. I mean, he can rush from a couple of different interior spots. He's very comfortable. I think he's a disruptive player. Sure, he's 30 years old, and he's getting a decent amount of money on a contract, but that's because he's productive. It's because he's good. The Broncos took him from the Tennessee Titans for a seventh-round pick, and a lot of people, right when I kind of commented on it as it happened, said, oh, well, this is a salary cap dump. Okay, I hear you. You just gave Vic Beasley $9.5 million. Like, right, you, why you, do you have an issue with paying Jarrell Casey $13 million? What's your problem? I, I, What's the problem? <laughs> I understand what is, that. What is the issue? They just swapped Jarrell Casey for Vic Beasley, and and oh, got four million in space to what? Pay a bad slot corner to replace Logan Ryan? Yeah, I just th- that that move again. It confused me. I I I, I understood why you would want to maybe move on from Casey in a vacuum, just because okay, if if you want to go a different direction with that money, fine. But they went a different direction with the money, and then gave it to Vic and gave it to Vic Beasley. Now they did the Beasley move before the Casey move, but right. it, that was just very confusing to me how they chose to allocate that money because I think Jarrell Casey is a good player. I don't really think Vic Beasley's a great player. I think he had the outlier year in his second year in the NFL where he led the league in sacks. I think he's been fine since then. A lot of people have been crapping on him saying he's been terrible. I think he's been fine, but. Drill Casey's been 
really good for you. And so maybe I'm just not as plugged in as I need to be on the Titans situation, but the allocation of funds here just didn't make sense to me when they got rid of him. So you say not necessarily that like as plugged in in the on the Titans situation, right? Well, you and I both, you know, I was with you. We were together. We watched the Tennessee Titans play the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. That was the Titans situation. The Titans made it to the AFC Championship game, and they did it with objectively not like the most talented dude at quarterback on the face of the planet, right? Like the team around them, offense and defense, was really stinking good. So, Jarrell Casey, who has not, who's paid for the Tennessee Titans his entire life, who has never played less than 14 games in a season. And who has had, in the, since 2013, 10 and a half sacks, 5 sacks, 7 sacks, 5 sacks, 6 sacks, 7 sacks, and 5 sacks. Literally, the image of consistency. They now are, they, they, they had him, he was due 13 million this year, and mm-hmm. then closer to 14 million in 2021 and 2022. Here's the thing. You can tell me it's a salary cap dump. Fine. I don't think you need to be doing it when, A, you now have to go get a, a starter at right tackle because Jack Conklin's gone and nickel corner because Logan Ryan's gone. You just made yourself another starting need. Yes, Jeffrey Simmons was quite good, but you need two of them. You got to go get another one. So, number one, you just created yourself another need, so I don't see how that's beneficial. Number two, it seems like you think you're gonna you're in a winning window. You franchise tag Derrick Henry. You yeah. have Corey Davis on the last year of his rookie deal. You have Jonu Smith on the last year of wow, his rookie deal. Wow, is it really deal. the last would... year of Corey Davis's rookie year? Now, rookie deal? now, with Corey Davis and Adoree Jackson, both could have their fifth-year options. Oh, okay, up, but okay. I was going to say, like, God damn, man, I'm old. Well, right, but well, like Corey, who was like a top-five pick, like his fifth-year option is going to be a couple million increase. Adoree Jackson is getting paid like $2, 3000000 million a year, and he's going to go up to like nine and a half. Yeah. Right. When you have to pay his fifth year option. Right. You have John o. Smith, who's now your starting tight end. He's on the the for sure last year of his rookie deal. You franchise tag Derrick Henry. So now you got a bunch of people who could be gone next year. And you're going on and moving on from one of your best and most storied, most consistent veteran defenders. So still absolutely none of this makes sense to me. And then you get to the final point where, OK, it was a salary cap dump. Dude. The only guaranteed money that was left on Casey's contract was his signing bonus. So he was due 11 and a quarter in base yeah. in 2020, he gets... 11 and a half in base in 2021, and then like 13 in base in 2022. But he just had one, 1. 1.6 million right. of, of signing bonus left prorated for each three years. There was no more guarantee. There was no money left that Casey has not already gotten his pocket, like actual physical cash. Yeah guaranteed right so if you want to lower casey's cap hit guarantee the freaking money <laughs> if you guarantee his 2020 salary which is again 11 and a quarter well they just didn't want to now... they just didn't want to pay him i guess but like you i i can drop his cap hit seven million dollars right now make a, you take 11 and a quarter in salary you make that signing bonus you have to prorate it over the next three years yeah he's got three years left on his deal mm-hmm. you just brought his cap hit down from 13 million to like six million you wanted to save money. That was the way to do it. And you had to keep Jarrell Casey, which is kind of an important part of this conversation. Right. So that's like, like, okay, even if you're able to tell me it's a salary job, and even if you're able to tell me it makes sense given where they are on their winning window, both of which are things that I already don't necessarily understand, there was a way to save a ton of money in it 2020. You're right. going to have to pay more in 2021 and 2022. I know. 
but you were going to save 2020 money and you were going to be able to keep a really good football player on the field. Yeah, and you so, might as and well like, and, and you might as well backload it anyways, right? W- with the bonuses because you even even though you're going to have to pay it more over time, like you said, you they franchised Henry, they're clearly setting up their winning w- window to be over the next 2 years. So that's pretty much when it's shaping up to be what they want it to be anyways. And it, what right. are they going what are they going to do with Casey's money? They're going to go out and probably use it on a which, free agent, which right, is So that's again, the thing, there's the same thing. Right, there's Two things. There's either one, they were like, Casey, we want to restructure, we want to lower your cap, and Casey was like, no, screw you, which doesn't make any sense because Casey's no, not that, losing money in this that, w- that, wouldn't make, that wouldn't make any sense. Right, because the fact that they only got a seven from the Broncos indicates to me that they were going to cut. Oh, the, yeah, they were going to cut him. They were going to cut him, right, because the Broncos knew, the Broncos were like, basically, like, we'll give you a seventh to make sure that we can sign him. We're just not going to let him hit the, the market is basically what you're saying there. So I don't know. There must be something about the contract that isn't to light some sort of roster bonus that we yeah. don't understand. Yeah. Or, I don't know, Casey, won- I don't get it. Either way, that one was perplexing to me. Um, Desmond Trufant? One, there's, one, there's one last big free agent thing I'd like to talk about. Okay, all right. Darius Slay. Okay, so good. It, we're, we're talking about this. Good. Is thirsty online, and I... Love it. Yeah, no, I, Darius Slay has... Uh, when did this really start? Did this start... This like offseason or years last? Ago, yeah, was, like, I, was it like last offseason? This was like was... last This was like last trade deadline where Darius Slay was like, hey... Yeah, it was Detroit, a trade deadline, you're right. Listen, we got to have a whole conversation about Detroit running Calvin Johnson out of town and then subsequently learning absolutely zero things from it. Oh, you mean like, they did, with, oh, you mean like they did with Barry Sanders before? I'm not old enough to remember that. Only 23. Dude, you're 23. Come on, I got to catch up now on my history. Yeah, so the Lions I, I, the Lions signed Desmond Trufant on Wednesday evening of free agency week. And Darius Slay proceeded to tweet, congrats, my guy. Hope that speeds up my trade process. To and it's which, important to note, Adam Schefter, so he quote tweeted Adam Schefter. Mm-hmm. Adam Schefter who said, now that the Lions have signed former, uh, former Falcons quarterback Desmond Trufant, it allows them to continue shopping cornerback Darius Slay. So Schefter made the tweet about Slay. And Slay said, I'm going to signal boost this in case the other 31 NFL teams aren't following Adam Schefter. I got to make sure they see this so they understand what's at stake. And then, hold on, and then Stefan Diggs said the, ha, said the laughing emojis. In which Darius Slay responded, yes, sir, what you said before, time for a new start. So, Darius Slay... You can't keep him on the roster. No, 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 no. I mean, Darius Slay is now making this as difficult as possible on the Detroit Lions. Because Darius Slay is a very good coverage corner. Every single team in the league needs a Darius Slay. Some have other good corners as well, but every team in the league needs a guy like Darius Slay. So with that said, his trade value should be decently high. The Lions should be able to get something pretty good back for him. What's his contract like? I actually haven't looked this up. I think he has one year left. I would assume that he's near the end of the deal. He's a free agent in 2021, and he is owed... He is owed... He's he's a, he's a thirteen million dollar cap hit. Okay, he was a fifteen million dollar cap hit last year. That was the worst year of the deal, and he's a thirteen million dollar cap hit this year. If they cut him, they're they're only on the hook for two point nine million. So that's all 
in the realm of possibility because it just sounds like they want to move on. Slay is now making this extremely difficult for them because he is making it very, very clear that he does not want to be in Detroit. And that does not help the Lions in negotiation. So the more of this he does, it actually hurts them because the Lions are trying to not give this dude away. Although in the end, I think that he's going to get dealt no matter what. So I suppose it doesn't exactly matter for Slay and he could talk his talk because he doesn't exactly care what his return price is. He just cares about getting the heck out of Detroit. So, that's kind of where we're at. I, I actually really love the idea of Desmond Trufant and Darius Slay as a cornerback duo. I think that's a really dope cornerback duo, but we're not going to see it. They're trading. They're 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 going to trade this dude at some point. Very unfortunate. What I will say is this: looking at the deal, dead cap of two point nine million, uh, cap hit of thirteen point four million. So they're saving ten point five. Is it? Yeah, ten point five million. If they cut him, I, I like. Why hasn't Darian Slay been traded by this point? If he's going to be this unruly on the internet, which again, I couldn't be more into it. I absolutely love it. It's my favorite thing that's ever well, happened. Th- I, I think he's not getting traded because teams are probably lowballing the crap out of him. Well, that's like- what I'm saying, right? It's like if he's going to be this vocal, and if the contract's going to be that cuttable, unless you're doing a Jarrell Casey, where you're just trading to make sure you're the one who gets him then why would you offer that much? Which, you know, brings me to my point where I'm petitioning Howie Roseman. I pray, I pray, dear God, I pray. Yeah, but like, okay, but what, what, are, what, are teams, what are teams offering for Darius Slay right now? That's kind of my point. Because Slay is going to be 29 this year. He's going to need a new deal after this year. So let's say that you're probably going to have to sign him like a three-year deal after this, like an extension. If you trade for him, it's going to have to be a, a, a trade and then sign to an extension. So... Let's say you're getting him for another three years, but you're trying to make it a team-friendly deal because he's about to be on the other side of 30. I, I mean, are teams not even offering a fifth-round pick for him? Are, are, are teams literally saying, no, nah, we'll give you a seventh, no higher, and they're just trying to play chicken with the Lions? Because if I'm the Eagles, I go, all right, fine, bet. I'll give you a fifth. For Darius Slay? Right, yeah. I don't know. It's this week, and I, I want to try to make sure I I have perspective when I say this because I do feel like I have this attitude every single free agency period I don't understand how teams value draft picks like I don't know why stud players who might be older who might be a good chunk of change I get it go for seventh round picks and sometimes these other guys go for like multiple day one day two picks i just the consistency does not exist around that league we have the the draft pick trade value chart when it comes to value of oh what might be worth what the when it comes to trades that just gets thrown out the window unless you're dealing draft pick for draft pick those go out the window when you're going draft pick for player it's just this giant, unknown, wild, wild west kind of thing with NFL teams. And I have yet to really understand it. But then again, there is no constant norm and even constant logic that exists between NFL GMs and head coaches that can even allow me to, to root uh, an argument or a thesis as to what the value might be for draft picks. Because this is another situation where I look at it and I go, Darius Slay is a very good corner. He has a very friendly last year of his contract. Sure, you're going to have to sign to extension a little bit, but if you're a team that is a good corner away from really competing, and there are probably a handful of them in the NFL, how are you not offering a mid-round pick? Like an early day three pick. 
what is the the, the player that you're going to get or the, the, the person you might have signed in free agency going to be better than Darius Slay? I doubt it. So what are we doing? Just right. playing a giant game of chicken, waiting for some other NFL team to swoop in under you and give a price where you years back look at it and go, wow, I wish I would have given that. No, 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 man. It's just kind of baffling to me. I, you you will hear absolutely zero disagreement from me. I don't think Slay's last year is that team friendly, but besides that, you will hear no disagreement. From I think me. it's um, I think it's team friendly in the fact that it's flexible. Like if he's not your guy, you can move on. I think it's easy to lower his twenty twenty cap hit by extending him for a couple years and still reasonably expect his caliber of play to remain high when he's like thirty one. Right. Right. So you extend him for two years and you you take some of that salary and you you again guarantee as you can prorate it. Makes a lot of sense to me. Regardless, I don't know what offers are coming in for Darius Slay. It sounded like at the trade deadline there were day two picks that were involved, and the Lions were trying to hold out for a uh, an earlier pick. Yeah, lost he's leverage. He's since making then. he's making yeah. that real difficult Price down. now. Which if he keeps this up, then he he's gonna end up choosing where he gets to go and choosing what contracts he signs because they're true. gonna cut him. I guess that's true. Uh, some roundup before we get out of here and we get to the mock draft portion. Uh, Chris Harris, the cornerback from the Broncos, ends up signing with the Chargers. Chargers got a nice little secondary there now. Derwin James, Nasir Adderley, Des King, Casey Hayward, Chris Harris. That's a nice little secondary. Brian Bulaga? Nope, he's a tackle. Okay, he's an offensive tackle. Bruce Irvin, we get a little reunion in uh, in Seattle with him going to the Seahawks. Speaking of reunions, Dante oh, Fowler. I missed that. I didn't see that. Yeah, there you go. Wow, breaking news to you right here on the podcast. Maybe you should pay attention. I mean, it's only your job and everything. Dante oh, wait, Fowler getting linked back up with Dan Quinn in Atlanta. Malcolm Jenkins going to the Saints. You said that before. Andrew Whitworth Don't getting a... want to talk about it. Andrew Whitworth getting a three-year deal. I'm not sure how. The 38-year-old getting a three-year deal from the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Leonard Floyd, where did he go? Where did he sign with? He went to the Rams. Yes. And he got Trevor a lot of money. Twice as much money. A lot of money. As would have been too much to pay him to. $13 million. A lot of money, man. In one year. Hey, come disappoint us for eight figures and then go somewhere else. It's a little harsh, don't you think? Yeah, Leonard Floyd's not a good ball player, man. Mercedes Lewis going to the Packers on a one-year deal. All right, shout blocking tight ends, exactly what the Packers need. Rodney Gunter to the Cardinals on a three-year deal. I'm just kind of going down the list here. Uh, Do you? I have no strong opinion about Rodney Gunter. (laughs) I didn't think that you did. (laughs) Uh, That's about it. Sean Davis went to the Redskins. One-year deal, $5 million. Eli Apple, signing with the Raiders. That's about it. That's about all we got. David Clowney, signing with the Eagles. That's That did not happen. Although, just like the Tom Brady news, if it does happen, please credit the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast. Absolutely. There's as, no way it would happen. Jadavion Clowney knocked Carson Wentz out of a playoff game. The Eagles will never sign him. As we have done the last two days... There's going to be a part two to this podcast. Ben and I are going to go over and do a first round mock draft. And I'm actually really excited about this one because we're going to get a little crazy in the top part of the draft. And I haven't told Ben about it yet, but we're absolutely going to get crazy in it. So for part two, just click on the next episode.